Okay, let's start our discussion of Parshas Bahar and B'chukosai. Um Again, there's a lot to discuss here. I had to write down what I'm not saying, but we're not going to talk about this year for a few future years. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, there was something that somebody called me up and said I have to do, so I'm going to try to get that in. Uh, the Meshachachma a little bit later. But first, as we mentioned, the halakha is you got to spend equal time on Parshas Bahar and Parshas B'chukosai on each parsha. So we'll try to have a couple of thoughts on on each of these um, these chock-full parshios. So of course, Parshas Bahar starts off, Aydabar Hashem al-Moshe, Bahar Sinai Lemar. Hashem says to Moshe and our Sinai, and then we go into the laws of Shemitah. It's the, uh, first, uh, the first section. And Rashi quotes the famous uh, phrase and question, and that is the first Rashi in the parsha, Ma'inyin Shemitah Eitzel Har Sinai. What does Shemitah have to do with our Sinai? Right? Hashem says to Moshe at Har Sinai. Of course Hashem says to Moshe at Har Sinai. Right? Ma'inyin Shemitah Eitzel Har Sinai. Hashem says everything at Har Sinai. So what exactly is the connection Dafka to Har Sinai? I will call a mitzvah's name Rami Sinai. All the mitzvahs. So says Rashi, Ela ma Shmita ne'amru kaloseha v'diktukeha misinai. Just like Shmita, what is it teaching me? Shmita and Harsinai. That just like Shmita, all the details were given at Harsinai. Not just keep Shmita, but all the details of Shmita were given at Harsinai. Afkula ne'amru kaloseha v'diktukeha misinai. So do all the mitzvahs. Shmita is a model. It's an example. Really, all the mitzvahs were given in detail at Harsinai. Just like Shmita, so too all the all the uh, the mitzvahs. Um, let's now the first two thoughts are going to be related to this to this Rashi. First of all, Rav Hirsch is bothered and wonders, what is this limud? Why was it placed here specifically? Well, specifically here, we could have had this limud in Parshas Mishpatim. We could have had the limud anywhere. You know, so what is this limud doing? Doing Achremos Kedoshim, beginning of Achdoshim, Dafka here. So why is what? Why what is the juxtaposition? Why is it placed here? So Rav Hirsch suggests in source number one then maybe it's connecting to the end of the previous parsha, The end of Emor. What do we have at the end of Emor? Of course, we have the story of the Megadeth, the Mekalel, right? The one who cursed God, Chas V'Shalom. And there it says that they put him away. They didn't know what to do with him. By The end of Emor. Hoteas and Mekalel, take him out. And they took care of him. And then we received all the laws at the end of Parsha's Emor if... You know, um, if somebody does anything of the sort. At the last passage in the previous parsha, they took him out, and they they uh, stoned him. And they did as Hashem commanded Moshe. So, what's the connection to Megadeth? What's the connection to Mekalel? Says Rav Hirsch. Now, let's read his words. Line eight. Let's start. We think that the express, he just quoted Rashi. We think that the express declaration that all the laws with all their details originated from the revelation on Sinai. Remember, first wrote his commentary in German. So English is a translation and Hebrew is a translation. So either one you have is a translation. And the proclamation being made here just at the Shemitah laws may be due to the immediately preceding event of the Megadeth. What's the connection? Right after the Megadeth, you need to know that all the laws were given on our Sinai. Why? For just in this case, it happened that a law given on Sinai, only its general character, Bechlal, regarding its general application, judgment, and verdict, but all the details, etc., were lacking. What happened in the last week's Parsha by Mekalel? Moshe didn't know what to do. Moshe was lacking certain details. And therefore, we might wonder, there was one Parsha that was lacking details. Maybe there are many details that were only given later when they were needed. And not every detail was given at Harsinai. Line 22. Someone can say to oneself, if this law was given so vaguely and incompletely at Sinai, that it was only when the necessity for it actually arose that it had to be explicitly given, how then should laws such as, for example, Shemitah, right? Shemitah wasn't going to be applicable until Bani Yisrael went into Eretz Yisrael. So Shemitah probably also wasn't given. If Megadif wasn't given, so Shemitah also probably wasn't given. That's what we would have thought. Because there weren't going to be Lamaisa. How then should such laws have been given already back at Sinai in all completeness? Line 30. To oppose this idea, the Torah could well see itself urged. The Torah had to. The Torah had to mention Rav Hirsch here. Uh, I'm sorry. The Torah had to mention uh, specifically this Limut here to teach me that Megadev was an exception to the rule. Only Megadev, only Mekalel, that was the only mitzvah that was only given Klaleha Besinai. Everything else was Klaleha Pratasem Sinai. That's what it first suggests, 
And that's why specifically we're in here. To teach me, don't think anything else is like the Makalo, only this. But then that just begs the question, why is it that the Makalo's laws weren't given in our Sinai? The juxtaposition, the placement is to teach me that that was an exception. That was the only thing, the only set of laws that was only given Kvaloseha, not Pratoseha. But everything else Rashi teaches us at the beginning of, of Bahar, everything else was given. So why was Magadif, why was Makalo left out? Says Rav Hirsch, the last four lines. Because the Torah did not wish beforehand even to suggest the possibility of such a crime. The gravest of all grave sins occurring amongst the people of God. Hashem didn't want to tell us the laws of the Makalel because that would suggest that there was a possibility that somebody would do such a thing. Hashem didn't want to do that. Once it happened, there's no choice. You have to tell them what happened. But Hashem didn't want to do that. L'charchila, to say, oh, these are the laws of the Makalel. We'd say, what? Makalel? Once it happens, you don't have a choice. Ain't Brera. So Hashem told you the laws. And then as a matter of fact, he adds, and it was only committed by one whose character Egyptian blood can make itself manifest. This was not a... Jew with great yichus. As we know from last week's parsha, this was from the Mitzri who Moshe Rabbeinu killed in Parsha Shmos, and that's what Refer says. So again, why this Rashi here? Because it's juxtaposed to the end of the previous parsha, it's connected to the Makalel, and it's to teach us nothing else is like the Makalel. That wasn't said, it's Pratim, but everything else was. First idea of Refersh, getting us rolling. Let's talk again about this Rashi, Ma'inin Shmita Eitzlar Sinai. Let's ask three questions. Three questions asked by the Be'er Yosef or Yosef Misalat. Question number one. We know Rashi teaches us that Shemitah is the model. Just like Shemitah was given its general laws and its pratim at Harsinai, so too, so too every, every mitzvah. The question though is, why was Shemitah picked? Out of all the mitzvahs, Hashem could have picked any. Just like Shatniz was given so to every mitzvah. Just like, I don't know, they pick anything. The Torah picked Shemitah. Rashi explains. Shemitah was given its all its general and specific, so to every mitzvah. Why that? Why'd you pick that mitzvah? Right, what's coming? There's so many mitzvahs in the parsha. Just like Ribis. Just like Yovel. Just like anything. Pick any mitzvah. Erechin. Right, Erechin, the end of Parshat B'chugosai. Just like Erechin, which nobody would have thought of. The values of every individual. That was given with its detail that Sinai, so do everything. Yet the Torah picks Shemitah. So it's a great limud. So we learned that every missile was given in detail at our Sinai. But why did the Torah pick Shemitah? Why did Hashem pick Shemitah to teach us this law? Question number one. Question number two. There's a medrash. The Ber Yosef, Ber Yosef Misalant, who we have to spend more time on. Right, I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago that he used to give drushes in uh, Shari Chesed. And Shlomo Zalman used to go listen to his drushes. And he was him. He forced him to write the Sefer. He said, you got to write the Sefer. you got to put your drushes in print for the uh, for Klai Yisrael to be nana from your drushes. So that's the Ber Yosef. So it says the Ber Yosef because it's a Medrash, top of source number two. Medrash Rabba Reish Parshas Vayikra. Rav Tanchum Barchani Loi Pasach. It's Pasach in Tanach. Birchu Hashem Malachav Gibore Kalach those who are strong, Gibore Koach, who is strong, those who listen to his word, So ask the Medrash, but Madaber, who is the Medrash referring to? Who are these strong people? Gibore Koach, who are these? Who are these? In Bel is it referring to Malachim, to angels? called It already says that. So it must be talking about somebody on earth. So who's being referred to down here on earth as the strong ones, the Gibori Koach? Says the Medrash, where it's underlined. Gibori Koach Hosed Devaro, B'me'akasem Medaber, Amr Reb Yitzchak, B'shomrei Shviyas, Hakasem Medaber. We're talking about those who guard Shemitah. B'noit Sheba'olam, why are they so great? B'noit Sheba'olam, Adam Oseh Mitzvah Liyom Echad. Usually, how long does a mitzvah take? Uh, ten minutes. You know, an hour. How long does a mitzvah take? So, maybe a day. Maybe a week. Maybe a month. How long does a mitzvah take? You can imagine a mitzvah that you do for a whole year? It's very unusual. What kind of perseverance do you need for that? A whole year? Right? And you, then you see these, you see these farmers. Right? You see the farmers, you see them, see their field, and the Yavar Nuna pay taxes. The Shasak, they don't do they don't do anything. They leave their field. 
Imagine. Imagine the, the Mesiris Nefesh. Imagine what kind of what kind of giborim we're talking about. Imagine if, you, if you're a businessman and you just don't invest for a year. That's it. I'm not going to do anything. No, I'm just going to let, let my accounts be. It's even, it's even more than that. It's like you let other people go into your accounts. Right? You go, please take my, take my properties. Take my properties. You're not allowed to ruin the character. You can't ruin the principle. But take my... So imagine that. Says the Medrash. He says there are greater gibor. Is there a greater gibori koach than somebody who's a shomer, shomer shmita? Somebody who lets the field lie fallow for a year? Hashem will help. Hashem yazor. Amazing. That's a gibor. That's a gibori koach. And the medrash continues and said, well, before that, let's ask question two. So how could such a mitzvah be done? How could Hashem expect and demand from the average Jew, the average farmer, to, to, to fulfill this mitzvah? What kind of bitachon is needed? Right, the Gemara, Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Ah, what does Hashem ask from you? Ah, oh, you're a Shemayim. So the Gemara says, "To Moshe Rabbeinu, your Shemayim was, was was simple, but but for the average Jew, how is it? How can we do Shemitah? So number one question is, why was Shemitah picked to teach us this lesson? Number two, how are we expected to do this mitzvah of Shmira Shemitah? And number three, the end of that paragraph on line twenty six or so, Rav Huna Barshem Rav Acha Amar. The Medrash also says there's a play on words here. It says." Osei Dvaro in the Pasuk referring to the Shomri Shemitah. What does that sound like? Osei Dvaro. There's an Asiyah and then there's something about hearing some words. Be Yisrael Sha'amdu Lefnei Har Sinai HaKasav Medaber Shehegdimu Asiyah Lishmiya V'yamru Kala Shadibar Hashem Nasev Anishma The Gibori Koach Osei Dvaro Lishmoa B'Kol Dvaro It's kind of like a Nasev Anishma Lan. You have a Lashon of an Asiyah and then a Lashon of Dibur. So the Medrash compares Nasa Benishma somehow, again, to these Gibori Kohen, to the Shomri Shemitah. So again, what is the message of the Medrash? Says the Ber Yosef. Line 31. Mavur kan midiver chachameinu b'medrash. Shekia mitzvah Shemitah hikasha ma'od la'adam. Keeping Shemitah is very difficult for a person. V'tzorach lazek gvura yaseira. Asha kasav karo l'shomri shviyaz ma'alach of Gibori Kohen. It's very difficult. So how is somebody expected to do it. How could I expect to, be, to do that mitzvah? Says the uh, Ber Yosef, we have to remember a certain time in history. There was a certain time in history when everything was clear. There was a certain time in history when we saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu and there was no Sveikos. There was no doubt. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes care of me. Hashem is in charge of the world. At that moment, Bitochen was easy. At that moment, there was there was there was no question about what I would do. Next column. Besides the fact that we we merited this being Bnei Yisrael, not only were we right to have the Harsinai experience, but the Harsinai experience itself perfected us, purified us, and gave us a certain koach. For the rest of eternity, Ukemoshamra, as the Gemara says in Shabbos, that the Zuhama, some type of spiritual impurity, left us at Har Sinai. Line six, just the fact being there, just being at Har Sinai, that experience for six days. line nine, We became purified. Kodesh Baruch Hu came down, he revealed himself to Klai Yisrael, that itself purified us. We had such a clarity of vision of, the, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of the Divine, then it was clear. That's even, he quotes, I think we quoted this one time in the Haggadah Shir, the Abu Dram says, the line in Dayenu, Ilu kervanu Hashem, just bring us to our Sinai. You know, the Torah was an afterthought. That would have been enough. And all the every Haggadah, Kimat, that would have been enough. Just the Harsinai experience. What was the Harsinai experience? So says the Ber Yosef. No, that's exactly the point. Because just being at Harsinai, there was such clarity of vision of Hakadosh Baruch Hu there, even without the Torah. But that itself changed us and shaped our spiritual, religious personalities forevermore. Says the Ber Yosef. Now we understand all the questions. How is it possible for somebody to fulfill Shemitah? To have such bitachin, the answer is you just got to connect it to Har Sinai. 
you got to think about our Sinai, and if our Sinai is clear and I remember it in my mind, then Shemitah is going to be easy. Because at that moment, where Parnassah comes from, all of my needs, it was clear it comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When we said Nasev and Ishma, we knew exactly who was taking care of us. Nasev and Ishma paved the way and gave us the koach to later on keep Shemitah. That's the play on words in the Medrash of Osei Tvaro, the Shmuel B'Kol Tvaro, and Givori Koach. Look at line 24 now, on the next page. V'hinei Mizeshek Dima Nasev Lanishma. From the fact that they said Nasev Lanishma, which reflects a clarity, a vision, D'lechora Hu Dara Shei Efshar, Shetia Asiyah Kodim Lashmiyah. Right, you can't do before you hear. Ela Behechrach Shem Mikdushas Hamayi Ben HaKadosh Lofnei Ashkina, but the fact that it's being there, we achieved a certain status, and we were able to do it. That's exactly what a Shomri Shmita is. Once we did that, then we could keep Shemitah. And that's the connection to Nasev and Ishma. And that's why Shemitah is picked to teach us this lesson. Just like Shemitah was given every single detail at our Sinai, so too every mitzvah. Why Shemitah? Why not choose a different mitzvah? Because Shemitah has that inherent connection to our Sinai. We can't fulfill Shemitah properly unless we have Harsinai forefront in my on our minds and forefront that that feeling and that clarity and that remembering has to be with us throughout history throughout the generations and in that way we'll be able to fulfill the mitzvahs of Shemitah. Okay, let's continue now into another one of the mitzvahs of Bahar. We continue. Let's look at Perach Chafhei. Start with starting with Pasuk Mem Zayin. There's some chumashim over there. Somebody uh, wants to take a chumash, but I'll read you the pesukim. My parakhavi talks about somebody who becomes poor. Somebody who becomes poor. There's different stages of what occurs. Vachisasig yad gervatoshavimach. Right? Something that he becomes poor. Umachachichimo. Vinimkar gertoshavimach. He's sold to a gertoshava. First he's sold to a Jew. Then he's sold to a gertoshava. Then he's sold maybe to a non-Jew. Achare nimkar. Pasuk memchez gu'ulatiyelo. After he's sold, the relatives have to try to redeem him. Relatives come first. O dodo, o ben dodo, an uncle, a cousin, yigalenu, o mish erbisaro, a distant cousin, mish pachto, yigalenu. Somebody redeem him. Vachishim koneil, he works out the, the, the wages, how much is owed, fine. And then it says, nundal, pasuk nundal, bim lo yigab eila, if there's no relatives, viyatsa bishasayol, he's going to go out eventually anyway. Why? Kili b'nei Yisrael avadim, avadaihim. They are my avadim. Says the Chavetz Chaim. Again, also, Chavetz Chaim al Torah has nuggets that we can do every week. One little safer, but together by the Talmudim. Chavetz Chaim al Torah. It says the Chavetz Chaim, and then we'll see some of the personality of the Chavetz Chaim. But first he says, what does the Pazak say? Somebody's poor, somebody's in a difficult situation. What does the Pazak say? Achare nimkar geula tielo. There's going to be a geula. There's going to be a redemption for this poor person. Min parsha source for says the Chavetz Chaim. On the bottom. This parsha teaches me hashkafa, never give up hope from the geula. And also, it shouldn't be wondrous in our eyes. How is it possible? And I'm sure many of us have wondered this at times. Mashiach is going to come now. Mashiach didn't come in the time of Rabbi It's going to come now. It didn't come in the time of Chasam Sofer. It didn't come in the time of the Rambam and Rashi. They were in Zohar the Mashiach. We're going to be Zohar the Mashiach. How, how is that possible? How is that possible? How are we going to be Zohar? So one answer given by the Avnei Nezer is, he says, imagine you have a barrel. And every time a person does a mitzvah, you, got to throw a coin into the, you get to throw a coin into the barrel. So you know what Hashem says? Mashiach's coming when the barrel's filled up. So, in the times of the Rambam, they threw in a million coins. And we throw in six coins. But you know what? The barrel's almost full. You just got to throw in a few more, just on top. Few more, that's it! Because we're all standing on giant shoulders. Just a few more, that's all you got! That's why we're all working together! Not that it didn't come. We're not more Zoha than them. That's one idea, says the Avni Nezer. The Chavaz Chaim is a different idea. How is it possible? line four. We're in Gullus ultimately. We don't, we don't need a rocket scientist for this. We went into Gullus because of Sin Aschinam, and we look around today, and there's still Sin Aschinam. So Akadosh Baruch was saying, why should I bring the Gula? You haven't fixed the problem. You haven't fixed the problem yet. Etc. It's to, to rid us of this plague that we have. Akadosh Baruch at the beginning of every Gullus, 
fixed how long the Golas was going to be. Kadesha be Yisurim Yimchalu Lohem Avonosayim. Through the Yisurim, right, our Avonos will be for, for, forgiven. Uba Golas Rishonah, the first Golas was supposed to be 400 years. 400 years. It was fixed. How do you calculate the 400 years? 400 to 10, and then the 70. V'chein bevadai ha'golos achron nikva azman. HaKadosh Baruch obviously has a calendar, a divine calendar where he knows exactly how long it's supposed to be. Kamen ispol avura ha'avono shavarnu alehem. We know that. And let's move on. The psukim in Hosea, the psukim um, teach it to us. Next page. It says the Chavetz Chaim. If Hakadosh Baruch Hu would have shortened the Golas for us, what happened in Mitzrayim when he shortened the Golas for us? What happened? He had to make it harder. He had to make it harder in order to make it shorter. And therefore, if we wanted to kind of bribe Hashem, we had to come up with a lot of zchuyos, a lot of zchuyos. Because you gotta, you gotta give up. What does it say? Like, he's playing off the muscle of the Evid. You wanna redeem the Evid before his time is up, then you gotta pay for it. You gotta give the master something back in return. So says the Chavetz Chaim here too. If we wanted our debt repaid early, then we would have to give a lot of schuyos. Half the Golas, we gotta pay for half. But, says the Chavetz Chaim, skipping, if we wouldn't have any zechuyos, even though that's impossible, there's still an end time. What did the Torah say? This, you should redeem him, and the cousin, and the uncle, and the, this, everybody. And if not, he goes out by Yovel. There's still an end. There's still a kitzvah. As the Gemara says, there is a time. Even if you don't have anything to give to the Master, there's still a time. Says the Chavetz Chaim, now we come to us. How is it possible that that we could we could bring the Mashiach? How is it possible that it didn't come in for Rashi and give Eger and be a Kiva? How is it possible? They had many more schuyas, but you know what? We're at the end of the line now. We're at the end of the line. It's time. We don't need too many schuyas because there's hardly anything left. We get we have enough schuyas. We have enough schuyos. Everything that Jewish history has been has been through over the past two thousand years, we have the schuyos. So now it's just it's just a measure of a little bit, just a few schuyos here and there. That's all we need, and that's what we learn from this parsha, the Meir of Yameinu. On the footnotes in the Chavetz Chaim al Torah, many times it tells stories from Talmidim. I mentioned a few months ago. I think I remember a story from uh, from a Talmud of his that uh, that I used to know from Borough Park. But here it quotes on the bottom. Rabim Mibay in the next source. Rabim Mibay Beso Haya There were people in the Chavetz Chaim's house that verified the following story that this took place many, many nights. When there was silence and his family was sleeping. went into his study. So he locked the door behind him. let anybody come in. He didn't turn on a light. It was dark in the room. Some of his relatives stood behind the door, shaking, listening. The Chafetz Chaim, the Posek Hador, the Godel Hador, the Ish Ben Adam Lamakom and Adam He wrote the Mishnah Brura. He wrote the Sishmira Salashin. There was nobody greater than him in the generation. What was he doing there in the middle of the night? He's to pour out his heart to Hashem. What did he say? Just like the structure in Shmon Esrei, he starts off praising Hashem, thanking Hashem for all the chasadim. He goes through every event in his life, thank you, Kaddish Baruch for this. I don't deserve this. Thank you for this. Detailing. And then he talks about the schuyas of Klai Yisrael. And thank you for this and that. But then, on 11, he says he starts changing. It's changing what he says and changing how he's saying it. Who if the He stopped thanking and he started demanding. He gets up in the middle of the night. It's time. It's enough already. He did the cheshbon. What did you give us, Hashem? Give us the Torah. Nobody understood the Torah. You gave it to us. And what did we do? 
We opened it. We had Nevi'im. We had Chachmi Amesora. We had Ge'onim. We had Rabbi We had Tanoim Amoroim. Look what we did for you, Akadosh Baruch Hu. And then he continues. What did you give to us instead? Tsaris Redifas Vaharigas. Crusades and pogroms and attacks and inquisitions and holocausts. This was even before. The Chavetz Chaim says. And we didn't even listen. What did we do? We didn't say, forget it. We took the Torah with us. Like we said over the Nitzvah of Parshas Truma, the Badim never leave the Aaron. Why? Because the Torah goes with the Jew. We carry it today and we're machzikik. Line 22. Enough already, said the Chavetz Chaim. Enough already, Hashem. Is there one Jew in the world who doesn't have a broken heart? Who's not involved in some type of sorrow? Is there one Jew in the world? And he started screaming to the tzaddikim of the previous generation. Why don't you come and help us? Why don't you stand with me? To the previous generations. You have to be toveya. What's happening? That's what he used to do almost every night. When it started getting light, he came out of his room, and he again waited till Mashiach, his heart thinking and confident that he's going to come soon. That's how the Chavetz Chaim reads Parshas Bahar. That's what we have to do, and that's what we have to feel. One more thought in Parsha's Bahar, and that is all the way at the end of the Parsha. All the way at the end of the Parsha. Says the Rashi says this actually twice in the Parsha. Kili b'nei Yisrael avadim avadai hey masher hosesi osam eres b'srayim. Pasuk nun hey towards the end of the Parsha. Hashem says you got to redeem him because they're avadim. They're my avadim. They're my avadim. So Rashi says here, and er, excuse me, earlier in the parsha, what does Rashi say? I got them first. They're my avadim first. Says the Shemana Tov of Dov Weinberger. It's not just a question of first. In Eved requires or reflects and is defined by exclusivity of an ol. Says the Shemana Let's go to the next page in the continuation. line seven. If somebody is chained to a place, he cannot accept another yoke. What does that mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu couldn't give us the Torah in Mitzrayim because we had a different ol on us. We were under the ol of Mitzrayim. After they were freed, says the Sfasemis and the Shemanatov, it was the opposite. Once you have one ol, you can't have another ol. It's not a question of first and second. But each ol takes the place of the whole person. I came first. Not a question of I came first. That means that I'm the only one. You can only have one servitude in your existence. You had paros, but now you have mine. What does that mean in Perkeyavos? If you accept Omalcha Shemayim, Omalcha is removed from you. You know why? Because there's no room for any other ol. If we have proper Omalcha Shemayim. He says it by Avadim. Makes us Avadim, we can never get out of it. Just by the way, this is important. Because we're all Meshubit to many things in life. We all have our own masters, yeah, our different Yetzaharas that we're masters to. And we learn from here that there could only be one master in life. If we have any other master, if people have any other master in life, whether their old is Kesef, whether it's money, whether it's uh, some, some, some area of Gashmias, some area of, of this world, there could only be one master. 
Only one all, and that's all Malchus But then he adds and says, but one minute. But we're Avdei Hashem. But aren't we also called Banim Atem Lashem Elokeichem? So are we Avadim or are we Banim? Are we servants or are we children? Says the Shem and Atov, Vinira, next paragraph, the Hevdel Gadol Yishbein Ben Laeved. There's a big difference between a servant and a son. Deeved Eino Maharher, Veeno Shoel. In Eved doesn't question or ask why. Umisnagi Ladas Adono, or refuse to do what his master says. Vaos Avodah, so Avshaino Maven. The master tells him to do what he does it. Okay? I do it. I'm the servant. Masha'en came bed, Ben. Marus, a son, he accepts authority. He has to do what the father asks, but he wants to understand it. Right? The first question that we get from all of our children when we ask them to do something is not obedience, doing it right away, but it's why. Why? Why? Why exactly? You know, why not them? That's usually, but why? Because that's a, that's a child. A child has that ability to ask why. He has that relationship. And also a child could go and be on the inner in the inner chambers of the family relationship. And he could go into his father's room, you know, after knocking. There are certain places that a servant can't go. He's off limits. He can't. There are many differences. We are both, but what does that mean? Hashem says we could be banim to Him. But many times we say, Hashem, we want to be your avadim. We have, we have the rights, we have the privileges of a ben, but we are mishabit ourselves, O Malchus Shemayim, to act like an avid we don't ask. Nasev Nishma. So that's Shtari Kodem. Not just first, but that's the only one. And once we have Omach HaShemayim, so then we have no room for anything else. That's the Shemanat Tov. We're Banim and we are Avad. As we switch over to Parshish V'chukosai, there is, there is a famous story which we have to start off with at the beginning of Parshish V'chukosai. If you open up the Arachayim HaKadosh in Parshish V'chukosai, on the first Pasuk, in B'chukosai Tishma, it's B'chukosai Tishmoru, Vasizim Osam, the Arachayim HaKadosh gives 42 Pshatim to this first Pasuk. Membeis Pshatim. In Hagdama, he writes that he had this Baruch HaKadosh, these 42 Pshatim. Story is told, I saw it once somewhere, and then I, uh, I heard it from Rabbi Bernstein as well. Story is told, where did these, one time, the Arachayim HaKadosh, every Arab Shabbos used to shaft an animal, Shabbos, and he used to give a lot of the meat to an ani. And one time, all the animals in the in the city were, were found trephus, and there was a shortage of animals, and he shafted an animal, and an ashir, a rich person, comes by and wanted some of the meat, and the Archaim says, no, I want to give it to the ani. And the ashir insulted the ani. Insulted him. And Archaim HaKadosh didn't say anything. He didn't feel it was, he was supposed to get involved. And that night, he had a dream that he has to go into Gullus, because he, didn't, he kept quiet. He has to go into Galas to be mechaper for what he did, for what he didn't do. So Chaim Akadosh, Rav Chaim Benatar, right, who's buried right on, right, looking down on Harazesim, the big, uh, the big monument there. Chaim Akadosh, so he goes to Galas, comes to a little town, and it happened to be Parshas B'chukosai, and he goes into shul Friday night. He's sitting in the back of the shul, and the Rav gets up to Darshan between Mincha and after Kabbalah Shabbos, and the Rav says, tonight we're going to discuss the first. 14 Pshatim of the Arachayim HaKadosh on this week's Parsha. Harav HaGon Rav Chaim Benatar. And the Arachayim gets up from the back of the shul and says, He's not such a Rav, he's not such a Gon. Everybody's looking and staring. And the Rav says, Quiet! And he gives us 14 Pshatim. Who is this guy? Strange person. Chutzpedik. Okay. The next morning in shul, the Rav gets up to Darshan and says, now we're going to discuss the next 14 Shatim of the Arachayim HaKadosh, HaRav HaGon, Rav Chaim Benatar. And again, the Arachayim HaKadosh gets up for the back and says, he's not a Rav, he's not a Gon, he's not such a great person. And they start screaming at him. How could you say that about the Arachayim HaKadosh? How many people in history have merited to have the appellation HaKadosh added to their name? Very, on one hand, you could count them. How many people are called HaKadosh? 
Okay, who is this guy? Shalashudis. Shalashudis. The Rav gets up and says, now we're going to do the final 14 Pshatim of the Yerachayim HaKadosh. And again, the Yerachayim HaKadosh gets up and says, he's not a Rav, he's not a Gaon. And now the Rav had enough. He told the Talmidim, he put him in the cellar under the shul and he locked the door. Threw him out. All of a sudden, they go back to Shalashudis and a storm breaks out. A storm like one has never seen before. And the houses in this little shtetl are shaking and they didn't think anybody was going to survive. And the Rav, you don't know what to do, he does a Shalas Chalom. He goes into his back room. In those days, I guess this was more common. And he goes up to Shemayim, figuring out what's, what's, what's going on here. What's, what's happening here. And in Shemayim, they tell him, the storm's not going to stop until you take the Arachayim HaKadosh out of your cellar. And he says, Arachayim HaKadosh. He goes, he runs, takes him out of the cellar. Takes him out, he says, no, you aren't at fault. Chas v'shalom, I needed the Kapara. I got Kapara now, I can go back to my town. And he goes back to his town. That's the story of these first 42 pshatim of the Archaim HaKadosh and Parshat B'chukosai. So we're going to do number six. Number six in of the 42 says the Archaim HaKadosh. The first Pasuk, again, in B'chukosai Telechu, Ves Mitzvosai Tishmoru. We all know Rashi, Shatu Amelim Batorah. The Archaim says in B'chukosai Telechu, he says we could understand this based on a Mishnah in Perkei Avos. I mentioned this, those of you who have heard my Chumrash year, we use this Arachayim HaKadosh in that year. Od Yisbar al-Derech Omram v'lo Am Haaretz Chassid. It says in Perkei Avos, an Am Haaretz, lo Am Haaretz Chassid, which is usually translated as, an Am Haaretz can't be a Chassid. If you're an Am Haaretz, you don't know Halacha, then you can't be a Chassid, you can't be pious. Said the Arachayim HaKadosh, no, maybe it's different. Not that Arachayim can't be a Chassid, but, arach, but not that an Am Haaretz can't be a Chassid, but an Am Haaretz shouldn't be a Chassid. Meaning, spiritual ladders for each of us are a step-by-step process. We can't jump rungs. Lo Am Haaretz Chassid, you got to work your way up. We have to work each other up. And we have to go step-by-step. If I'm speaking Lashon Haro all day, then I shouldn't be getting up in the middle of Chatzos crying for the base of Migdash. I should work on my Lashon Hara. And then I should be careful about saying my brachas. And then, step by step, maybe I'll get there to be like the Chavetz Chaim, crying to the base of, for the base of English in the middle of the night. But we can't jump steps. Lo am ha'aretz chasid. Pirish. Sha'asr la am ha'aretz l'sayim ba'chasidus. And am ha'aretz is not allowed to be knowing like chasidus. Sha'yasa chumrus u'gudarim k'minach ha'chasidim. To do chumrus like the chasidim. Like, like someone, we have to sometimes, we see people on the street, maybe it's ourselves. That that don't know at certain halachas and that they're keeping these these major chumras. It's always important to go step by step la apaat. Especially as we all try to get closer to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, we have to know. And a lot of times we don't know what's in order. Uh, uh, Rabbi, I'm not ready to come to shul on time yet. That's, I'm not up to there yet. I'm not ready not to. I have to talk in shul. I'm not. There, I'm not on that level of not talking during laning. I'm not. Come on. We have to be honest with ourselves also. We have to know what we're in the parsha of and what we're we to go. But we have to make sure we realize that. It says the Arachayim, line 11, That's the Pasuk. If you walk in my ways, what are my ways, my chukim, my laws? Do my 613. Then you could add shmiras. Then you could add extra gedarim and guards. You can't add chumras and gedarim before you have the dinim. First, let's work on the 613. Then we can have extras. Only after that, following, related to this, I heard many years ago, I heard this thought from Rav Shechter, and I remember I asked Rav Shechter who said it. He said, the Bali Musr. The Bali Musr said it. And years after that, I found the same thought in Rav Sternbach Sefer Allah Torah in the Tam Vadas in the name of the Bali Musr. So it's the same Bali Musr. The, um, there's a Gemara. There's a Gemara in Chulun Daf Kufay. The Gemara says in Chulun, which hopefully we're going to talk about Shavuos night when we have a shear about this. The Gemara Nechulun says on line 5 in source number 10, Amar Marukva. Marukva says, I am like vinegar compared to my father who's like wine. My father's much better than me. Because my father, Bisra, it should be. Bisra ha'idna My father, he used to wait 24 hours between Fleishiks and Milchiks. He was like wine. He was awesome. V'ilu ana me. V'ha'atudaz ahudu achilna. 
I just don't eat it in the same suudah. I eat it the following meal, which Rov Rishonim assumed to mean six hours. Right? Rov Rishonim holds six hours. So I once had a, uh, a cousin who married a Ger. So when the Ger came, when he converted, so the question is how many hours has he wait? His father doesn't have a minute. Right? His father has a minute. Yeah, they eat cheeseburgers. Right? So how many hours? So he has to Shiloh. What do I do? He doesn't have any Dutch roots. Right? Get to get the pick, wait an hour. So the answer is Rova Poskim. Rova Poskim say six hours. So we wait six hours. The Gemara doesn't say a word. The Gemara just said the next Uda. So the understanding is they had six hours between each meal. But anyway, back to the Gemara. So Marukva says, I'm like wine compared to my father who's, I'm like vinegar, my father's like wine. Because I only wait six hours. My father waited 24 hours. Ask the Bali Musser what Marukva was such a, an ice cream lover. He couldn't wait. He thought it was such a mila to wait 24 hours. So why didn't he wait 24 hours? Boy, he thought it was such a great thing. So he should wait 24 hours. But he couldn't. Why didn't he wait? If he knew it was better to do that. So you know what you see from here? If somebody realizes that they're not on that level, so then, to be machmir in something that I'm, it's not where I am in life, it's inappropriate. Marukva knew. He was one of the Gedolim, Marukva. Stories in the Gemara about Marukva. But he knew that he wasn't, it wasn't appropriate for him to wait 24 hours. My father, okay, but not me. That's what we learned from this story. Vizel Klaveker Gadol, says Rav Sternbach. We can't jump madregas. We, we have to keep striving and going and going and going up, but we can't skip. We have to be kashur. We have to know what we're up to. And in that way, go Michael El El So that is Arachayim HaKadosh. In B'chukosei Telechu first, that's B'chukosei Yishmaru, related to this um, Rav Sternbach, and he also relates it to a Pazak in Yisrael, which feel free to, uh, to look at after. Okay, one other thought related to this beginning of the Parsha, and then we'll do something from the end of the Parsha. The Meshachachma. This is the source that somebody came over to me two weeks ago and says, you're putting the Meshachachma into Pachakosai, right? I said, okay. So I'll be Mekayim Neder, right? After the email about the Emes Liakov not in Parsha's Kedoshim, I have to put the Meshachachma in Parsha's Pachakosai. Okay. Meshachachma that we've mentioned in other contexts. We'll formulate it as a question. Meshachachma has a simple question. There are two Gemaras. There's one Gemara in Mesechah's Brachas that tells us, Kol HaOmer, Tehillah L'David B'chol Yom, Gimel Pa'amim, I'm paraphrasing, Muftah Chloshu Ben Olam Haba. Ashrei three times a day, one-way ticket to Olam Haba. Unbelievable, one-way ticket, Ashrei three times a day. And yet, there's another Gemara, Shabbos Kuf Yerches, right, that Gemara in Brachas was quoted, the third to last line on the bottom, Dalar Mabez. But three lines before that, the Gemara in Shabbos, Kuf Yerches, line 26, Ha'omer halal hagado b'chal yom. If somebody says halal every day, which either means what we call halal, or it might mean what we say Shabbos morning. The Shabbos, 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 all the Kilom Chastos. If you say that every day, Hareza Macharif HaMagadeh, if you're a blasphemer. It's a cursor of God. It's blasphemy. I can think of worse blasphemy than saying halal. Right? They're both written by David HaMelech. It's both Tehillim. One, Olam Hava. And the other, like we started off today, Mekalel. Ma, what's the difference? Maha Hevdel. Says the Meshachachma. There are two ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows his presence in the world. Nais and Teva. Through the miraculous and through the natural. Line 8. Tahan Hanisis hi Tachlisis. The ultimate goal of life is not miracles. Hashem does not want to create a world of miracles because then we would not have Bechir HaChavshas. We wouldn't have Bechir HaChavshas. Hashem bara ha'olam shetiznaik bofen tivi. Hashem wants the world to exist naturally. Asher hi bas elokim ukal tachil, a perfect world. Shem idasa yacholios pa'ofan bracha nefratza va'oshem rubad lidai. Unbelievable bracha in the world, but it's a natural world. V'rak pa'ofan she'im yakir ha'adam ki hi einen arak hashrach ha'pratas al kol prat. The goal of life is to be Teva, but for everybody to realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is behind the Teva, and that it's all miracles over and over again. It's nace, 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 nace. There's no such thing as Teva. Right? Even the Teva 
could have a bracha. Even the Teva could have a, br- a bracha. Ulama, line 20, Shalom Yitta Ha'adam. It's only because once in a while we forget that Hashem is behind the Teva. So once in a while, HaKadosh Baruch Hu throws in an ace. I'll give you here an ace here and an ace there, just to make sure that I'm not forgotten. Line 23, they are not, they are not the ultimate purpose. It's just awaken the hearts of people. And that's why, says the Meshachachma, Halel HaGadol, that focuses on Hashem's Nisim. When we were Mitzrayim, and the Maki Mitzrayim, Bifchoreihem, that's all nice. We say howl every day? What does that mean? Hashem, thank you for the Nisim. That's Mechari from Megadif, because it's as if we're saying, HaKadosh Baruch you're in charge of Nis. Teva runs itself. No, no, no. You have to say Ashri every day. What's Ashri every day about? is mazin, and he takes care of every single being in nature. Korav Hashem Karav. says, that's Teva. That's a Ben Olam when we have that recognition. And that's what the Gemara in Bracha says, that it, why is Ashrei so great? Because it goes through the whole Aleph base, besides Nun. Why? why? So it goes through the whole Aleph base. So what's the, what's the godless of that? It says the Meshachachma, Aleph through Tav symbolizes it's a perfect world. Aleph, Bez, Gimel, there's Seder, there's an order. There's an order. Once heard this idea expressed as Mother Nature has a father. Right? There is no Mother Nature. Baruch Hu is behind everything. That's the godless of Ashrei. And that's the end of the Meshachachma, which is not as well known. But just looking at the end of the Meshachachma, feel free to continue reading the rest of it. Says the Meshachachma, this was the difference between the outlook of Adam HaRishon and Avram Avinu. Adam HaRishon, line 28. And again, I'm sorry, I'm skipping, but feel free to read the in, in between. Adam HaRishon, l'chein Adam HaRishon, karashmo Hashem. What did Adam call God? Yudkei Vavkei. Yudkei Vavkei, that name, Yudkei Vavkei, Hayahovaviya. Hashem makes everything exist. Why? Because Adam saw creation. He didn't see creation. I mean, he, he, I mean he's the last thing created. But Shehuraha Pa'ulos Echnasu, Nivru. He was there right away at the end of my Sabracious. Shezema Shemore Ech Hashem Unosin Hatsuros Sodos. He saw how Hashem, and he realized how Hashem created. First he saw the actions, and then he saw the results. Avram Avinu was just the opposite. He worked backwards. He saw the results. He saw the world. And he said, wow, there's got to be somebody who created it. He looked at Teva. That's the godless of the first Jew. He didn't realize Hashem. And then he saw Hashem create nature. He saw nature and then realized from nature about Hashem. I'm sorry. Right. And continuing in the next column. He saw the world and he got God. Adam saw God and he got the world. Right, being in Gan Eden, he had a direct. He saw Kodesh Baruch Hu was with him and told him La'avdo Shamra, and that's Yudkei Vavkei. Avram Avinu, he saw the world and worked backwards. That's Shem Adnus. That's why the Gemara says Avram Avinu was the first one to call Hashem Master because he is the master of the world and Hashem saw, and Avram realized and saw him through through the world. Okay. One final point. Then the... Um, the largest portion, obviously, of the laning of the Shabbos is the Tochacha. One of the two Tochachas, the Gemara says, in Mesechah's Megillah, we know, it's always easy to know when to read the Tochacha. We always read, we always read the two Tochachas, the Shabbos before the Shabbos before Shavuos, and the Shabbos before the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. That's the Tochacha. We don't want it to be the Shabbos before because we're going to be oh, too scared. I'm going to be blown away by the Tochacha, so it can't be right before Shavuos. It can't be right before Rosh Hashanah. So the Gemara says that's what Ezra Sofer did. He, he said that you have to read the Tochacha two Shabbosim before Shavuos, that's this Shabbos, and two Shabbosim before Rosh Hashanah. That's the one in Pasha's Kisava. So, obviously the Tochacha, terrible, terrible Psukim, not terrible Psukim, terrible ideas in the Psukim, beautiful Psukim, every word and letter in the Torah is beautiful. And towards the end, though, the second uh, third, four, five. The fifth to last pasuk in the Torahcha, in Parachavav, pasuk of Membeis, the Torah says, "V'zacharti esbisi Yaakov, avesbisi Yisrael, avesbisi Avram, Ezkar, v'ariz Ezkar." Hashem says, "I'll remember Yaakov, Yisrael, and Avraham, and I'll remember Eretz Yisrael." So many, much to discuss on this pasuk. Yaakov is spelled here with a vav. Eliyahu gave him a vav five times. I'll talk about that one time. What Rashi discusses here: why they listed backwards, right? 
Yaakov, Yitzchak, Avraham, what does Eretz Yisrael have to do with it? But most Mepharshim assume, and this is what most Baalei Kriya assume, I think, that this Pasek is a little Nechama in the middle of the curses. That's why many Baalei Kriya raise their voice here and do slower. V'zogarti, right? They, they do slower and louder because this is a good Pasek. Everything around it is a bit, and then we go back to low, low and fast. Obviously not, not fast that you can't hear it. That will lose the point of the Tochacha. But, but, you know, most assume that it's a bracha. Hashem says, don't worry, I'll, I won't decimate you, chas I'll remember Avram Yisach and Yaakov. That's what most assume. The Shlach Kaddosh, though, reads it differently. Shlach Kaddosh says, no, no, no. This is part of the Tochacha. This Pazik is part of the Tochacha, says the Shlach Kaddosh. I gave the Shlach, I don't have a separate Shlach, so I gave it to you. Rav Mursky quotes this in one of his Svarim in Source 13. Quotes the Shlach. He says, Hello, what is this doing here? Ubier says the Shlom line four. This is also part of the Musr and the Tochacha. If somebody goes away from the proper path and he had a proper upbringing and he had Sadiqim to learn from in his family versus somebody who had nobody to learn from. And there's much more fault given to those who had the tzaddikim in their family. Because look who your role models were. Look who you could have learned from. Look what you could have turned out to be. Right? That was the godless of Rivka Imenu. Look where Rivka came from. Look where Rivka came from. Love on Pesuel. Look where Rivka came from. Right? So that's it made it much harder for her. So you know what Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying? Vizacharti is bring. Look at Avram Yisrael Yaakov. Look where you come from, Jews. And this is what you do. Look at your avos. Look at your imos. Look at your forefathers. Look at vihaaretz eskar. Look at Eretz Yisrael. Look what you had before you went into Galus. You had a malchus based David, right? You had a base Migdash. You had the Kohanim beduchanam. Yisrael the the Levim. You had Yerushalayim emanating from the base Migdash. Look what you had. And you still messed up, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And you still did sin HaShinam. And we still did it. That's part of the Tochacha. The part of the Tochacha is that we have to look where we come from. We have to look at our forefathers. We have to look as we learned tonight. Look who's in our generation. Last week, last week we mentioned the Vilna Gon. Many weeks we mentioned Vilna Gons and Graz, which we have to like stop and, and shake. But we have an Archaim HaKadosh in our history. We have a Chavetz Chaim who gets up in the middle of the night and cries for, up in, cries for us in our history. These, uh, Chavetz Chaim wasn't so long ago. He had an obituary in the New York Times. Right? He wasn't so long ago. This is, uh, this, these are our fathers. These are our forefathers. And this is in the Tochacha. And therefore this should inspire us and be Machai of us to do even more. Because we know who our fathers were, our, our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents we know what they did. And we have to make sure that we stand on their shoulders. Right? We throw those extra few coins into the barrel. That's all there is. Just a few more. And Be'ez Hashem, as the Chavetz Chaim said, right, it's coming very soon. As he said, the Parshat Pitom. It's going to come suddenly. Can you hear us?